Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We are just overjoyed to be welcoming all of you back to the latest rendition of the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Lounge Dog. And like I said, we're super excited to be back with all of you this evening. You know, we've talked about it uh, before, but we're kind of in that lull in sports life. You know, in fact, I mentioned that, but this year is probably the least lull, lull year uh, the the most active July, I should say, uh, that we've had in a long time. You know, the NBA Finals were pushed back a few weeks, so you don't have as big a gap. Uh, I think the Stanley Cup was pushed back a little bit, too, so that kind of helps. Uh, of course, Mississippi State, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you were playing baseball until June 30th, which is the absolute last day. Not only is it the last day you can play baseball, but that is the latest the tournament can go. They will never, I don't think they'll ever have the tournament go into July under the current f- format ever. So June 30th is like the last day it could possibly be. So uh, good for us there. And then, of course, you got the Olympics going on. You had a crazy trade deadline in professional baseball. Uh, you had a, you've got a pretty active NBA free agency going on right now. But you know, usually around this time of year, we're just waiting for football to start. I mean, waiting on fall fall camp starts, I think, not uh, on August 6th, so really shortly. And then we'll be playing football here in a few weeks. But that's usually how you spend the months of July and August, you know, just waiting around. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say, unless you're just a diehard. You cut out there. What would you say? I said... I said, unless you're a diehard MLB fan, you really have nothing. It's just kind of, like you said, this is just a huge lull right here for about a month or so. Right. And MLB, I mean, it's good. It's just not enough to tide me over, you know. And, I mean, you do have the All-Star Weekend if you're into that in July. But uh, we've had, you know, I feel like we've had enough to talk about. You've got Mississippi State Bulldogs competing in the Olympics tonight. Uh, you've And you have had uh, all week in track and field. You've got... Uh, NBA implications involving Bulldogs and, of course, MLB and stuff like that. So very, very exciting uh, for all of those. Uh, You know, even I think Tanner Allen made his minor league debut this week. Um, Connor Pilkington uh, is on a new – got traded and he's playing. I think Jared Liebelt got called up to another level in uh, minor league baseball. Got lots of little things going on. But uh, we are going to get started with our show tonight. Uh, a little bit later, we will have quest- Twitter questions from the audience. And, of course, y'all did a good job getting y'all's questions. We're not trying to uh, to steal, you know, Brian and Robbie's thing. It's, we're not going to give it a name and do it every single week and have rules for how questions have to be answered and stuff like that. Uh, if you're familiar with the Thunder and Lightning podcast, they do the rumblings. And I'm sure many of you are. Um, we're not, you know, this is just, like I said, we ask questions because it's kind of a slow part of the year. You know, we could get on here and talk about our favorite type of music or get on here and talk about what we had for, for breakfast, but y'all don't want to hear about that. I don't imagine. I guess you'd have to agree. Well, I don't know. Some of our lives are pretty, you know, how am I kidding? Yep. But yeah, between, between sports and just this weather, and I know today was a lot cooler, but, uh. I know you and hot weather have a particular, uh, particularly strong disagreement. Is that right? Listen, that's why I like going at old Chad Mask on Twitter. He 
Apparently, he's a big heat enthusiast. He's got to be kidding. Yeah, so ain't no way. He is. That is one. And I, I like. I, I follow Chad, and he's a a great guy. But uh, that is a stubborn dude. And he's like, man, I love that. He even tweeted, I love that feeling when you walk out of the grocery store, and it just hits you <laughs> like a brick wall. How hot it is. And all that was going back for six months ago when he was arguing with people that he hates cold weather. And we're like, well, it's better than hot weather. Then he says, well, no, it's not. And now he has just decided he's going to just embrace hot weather, embrace 110-degree heat indexes, embrace humidity that leaves you dripping with sweat on the way to your car, you know? Well, it's better than the people who complain about it being too cold. Now they complain it's being too hot. Those are the people I don't particularly care for. I'm like, pick your, pick your choice. You got cheese. You, you know, Lounge, I, 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 hate to, I hate to break this to you, but I'm about to drop a really big bomb on you that I'm sure, as a Twitter user, you've never realized on your own. Some people just complain because they like to complain. This is this is very true. That's, that's basically what a good chunk of people on Twitter have it for, just to voice and opinion that's probably the opposite of breaking news for you but uh we've shot the bull long enough we're gonna get started starting with some basketball updates uh one that's not surprising but i guess is a bit perplexing in, in a way and i'll get to it in a minute dj stewart goes undrafted of course amongst those uh that summer lull in sports activity you do have the nba draft uh, and the MLB draft. So, again, you got some stuff going on. Just not – you don't have college sports. You don't have, you know, the things that you have. But this summer has been better than most summers. But DJ Stewart did not get drafted. Um, he signed a free agent deal with the Miami Heat. He will actually join Tyson Carter. They are both on the summer league roster for the Heat. Uh, they'll be playing together. Now, Tyson Carter has been playing basketball in Greece, but he gets to come back and join the Heat uh, as a free agent. Now and again, not perplexing that it happened the way he did. I never saw, I never saw uh, DJ Stewart on anybody's draft board. He was not listed as a second round pick or anything like that. Of course, they only have two rounds. Basketball is so hard to get into if you're as a professional. Sixty players get drafted per year. You think of baseball, even in the twenty round draft. Let's say, and they have more picks than just. The 30 teams that they have, but 20, I mean, what's 20 times 30? 600? That's 10 times as many people uh, getting drafted in the in the shortened draft for baseball, 600 players. You know, it's 1,200 in a, in a 40 round draft. In football, you've got 32 teams times seven rounds plus all the extra picks. I mean, you're getting around 250 players drafted then. But when it comes down to uh, basketball, only 60. There's no compensatory picks or anything like that. You just draft 60 guys. And DJ Stewart was not one of those. I think it's kind of odd that he left in the first place. Did that did that shock you? When when remember I remember probably like in late spring when he decided, yeah, he's going to go ahead and hire an agent and he's going to move on. Yeah, I mean, it was to an extent. But I know how... You, they can get good money just for going and getting in the G League. They can make great money doing that or going overseas. Right. That's a, that's a really good point is that overseas basketball money is real money. G League money is a living. Uh, maybe he was just ready to go. But, I, want, I mean, you'd have to think if he left that he thought he was going to get drafted and somebody just told him wrong. I don't – 
if he was ready to move on from college, that's a lot more understandable to me than whoever did him wrong and told him, look, oh, I think you can get drafted. And I don't think anybody thought he was going to get drafted, not in NBA draft circles anyway. Well, now, NIL would have been in place when he was here. That's another good point. He might have had a chance to get him one more year because he still needed some development, in my, my opinion. I think he needed some development. You know, most a lot of times in basketball, you it's just based on your measurables. It's quite sad. Your measurables and your ability to shoot. And there's not a lot of times uh, when a sophomore – can go back to school and learn something that's going to to elevate his, his draft stock. In fact, a lot of times you'll go back to school and it gives t- people a better chance to find your weaknesses, especially if you were the second or third option on a team and then you those players are aged out and now you're the first option. Well, now people's game plan revolves around stopping you. But for DJ Stewart, with the players we had coming back, any team that wanted to just focus on DJ Stewart wasn't going to be able was going to lose the, lose the game at Mississippi State this year. Yeah, Garrison Brooks, Tolu Smith, Iverson Molinar, Rocket Watts, Shaquille Moore, all these guys. Uh, whereas last year, you know, if you just kind of focused on DJ and Iverson, you, that you can limit them and and then live with the results. I think this year he was going to get a chance to play a lot more open and free with those good players. And playing with good players gets you ready for the league more. So I actually did think he had a chance to improve his stock. Uh, but in any case, I think the basketball team will do pretty well next year with or without DJ. And I wish him the best of luck, and I hope for sure. I, I don't think this is anything to do with his fault. He either was ready to go leave college, which I totally understand, ready to get out of Starkville, which if that's his thing, not my thing. I love it here, but so be it. Uh, or but or he got bad advice. I don't think he just bet on himself too much and and lost. You know. Yeah, they. they you usually you when you get that agent, they talk they talk a year and they of course they they're gonna make sure they don't do you two wrong. So because they they gotta make a commission off you somehow. So they told him about you can make so much money by talking about G League or overseas. It's kind of where I'm thinking. I think he kind of knew he probably wanted to be like a high-end draft pick. So, it's like, might as well go ahead and get started. And go, go, go make a living. Go make some money. Right, and he'll make a roster somewhere, uh, whether it be overseas, and that's pretty lucrative, or in the G League. Um, Quindary Weatherspoon and Reggie Perry are both on the Nets Summer League roster. Now, I think you can kind of mix up teams for the Summer League. So I'm pretty sure Quindary is still with the Spurs. But he's going to play for the Summer League on the next. In fact, I don't. not every team has a Summer League team. So sometimes they have to mix and match a little bit. Uh, so that's interesting. So they'll get to play together. They'll be reunited. Uh, Lamar Peters is on the 76ers Summer League roster. He's he's really he's been turning it up in the G League. That's a guy who I really think, you know, if he'll defend a little bit better, uh, he'll really really get to the league somehow and make an impact there. I'd like to see him play. I really don't think there's that many NBA players that can stay in front of Lamar Peters off the dribble, especially as a left-handed guy. I don't uh, know. I was, huh? I would say that man was lethal at the top of the paint if he had one on one. Look, I'm going to tell you from experience, you're not going to get this on any other podcast, I'm pretty sure. Not in Mississippi anyway. I have guarded 
Lamar Peters in pickup basketball. As a joke, uh, I play center. I do, I do not have quick feet. My mobility is suspect. My lateral movement is questionable. I thought it would be fun to just see what I could do. If you think that it looks dangerous on TV, if you think that it looks dangerous from the stands, watching Lamar Peters dribble in front of you will make your heart beat fast. Because all of a sudden the, the phrase broke his ankles becomes very real. And you realize that this person could hurt you without touching you. And he almost did. <laughs> he got by me and I decided I'm going to make a business decision and I'm going to assure myself that I stay on my feet and just live with the results. Of course, and this was of not a serious game. He can't play too serious. I mean, it was it was between basketball seasons, but he couldn't, you know. He's not going to get hurt in a pickup game. Uh I'm not saying, hopefully you just left there, left there with your dignity and self-respect. See, now, I, I just the way you do that is you self-handicap. You make it clear that you don't expect anything good to happen. You don't go out there and try to act. Self-handicapping is a very important skill. Everybody does it. You don't go out there and act like you're going to do it. You're going to do the dang thing when you've got Lamar Peters. Look, I've, I, I'm, t- I can't, I'm not kidding. I was like, if I'm not careful, this guy can hurt me without touching me. And that's kind of scary. <laughs> I'd feel bad why, if I had to guard him in the NBA. That's why you, if you guard him, you leave him alone. You live with the results out deep. I right. live with that. But I'm not letting him get to the rim. Oh, no. Speaking of signings, uh, you've got Christian McLeod finally signed with the Minnesota Twins. Eliminating any possibility that he comes back to Mississippi State. Of course, we didn't expect it. Uh, but he did sign, and maybe this is why negotiations went on for so long. He signed for half a million dollars, which was over $100,000 above his slot value. So Christian McLeod, you know, with those all those multiple years of eligibility, he obviously leveraged that and uh, made, did very, very nice for himself. You know, I, 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 the, I shudder to think what I'd do with half a million dollars right now, and he's as my age or younger and is already what most people around here would consider a rich man. So congrats, congrats to Christian McLeod. All Mississippi state players have signed that uh, all the ones that were drafted. And of, of course, with the addition oh, of Eric, Eric Sarantola. Yeah. Eric's was tweeted like it was today. I imagine they had a verbal agreement earlier a couple weeks ago and that he actually put pen to paper today. Or, or maybe they had a little, maybe he signed something a couple weeks ago and they did a, like a public little ceremony today to make it, you know, a cute picture. Uh, but I did see that he officially made it official today in some capacity or another. Yeah, it was for 500000 and the slot value for his was 398000 So over a hundred grand. More than what is value. So I think both if, Eric if, and Christian did very well for themselves. I think, yeah, I think the, those guys, the, those teams saw what the potential of something they could work, fix them. Oh yeah, with uh, I mean, physically, both of them are are absolute studs. You've got a Christian, a guy that can land the breaking ball from the left side and pump it in at 90, uh, 92 and, and higher. You got Eric, a guy who's touching a hundred. He's got a, a curveball that makes your knees almost pop out of their pop out of their joints. Uh, I think that somebody when they play baseball every single day, they're going to get some things figured out. Speaking of baseball signings, uh, a lot of people 
would probably care to know that, and you've probably already heard if you're a Twitter aficionado like Lounge Dog here, but the Mets failed to sign the 10th overall pick, Kumar Rocker of Vanderbilt. That's shocking. How do you feel about that? The Mets are going to Mets. <laughs> I, I guess I should be excited that a division rival uh, didn't sign well, one of the best college baseball players of all time. But I feel—I well, mean, I feel bad it, for the a, kid. It, I say kid; he's probably a, my age. It's a win-win for us because if you're a Braves and Bulldog fan, he's not going to go to the Mets, and he said he's not coming back to Vanderbilt. Right? So. He's—he's apparently not coming back to school. Going to begin his professional career. I don't know if that's independent baseball or if that's you know playing overseas in Japan or something like that. I imagine he's going to rehab a little bit. I know he's had hey they, they uh his elbows MRI came back a little funky, and that's kind of why they couldn't get the deal done. What's ridiculous is that the Mets it's it's the Mets could have just offered him more money and they chose not to, and then they get they get rewarded with the eleventh overall pick next year. Well. Jokes on them. They're still paying paying Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> how much? How much is he getting? Oh gosh! Hold on. Do a little research. That is the art of the finesse, right there. With that, that guy, they owe him through like twenty fifty, right? Or is it twenty thirty? Oh gosh. He's supposed to receive over $1,193,248 each year until 2035. Goodness gracious. He gets over a million (laughs) bucks a year for the Mets until 2035. That is insane. He gets it on July 1st every year. I need that man's agent. That's the agent I need for my Bulldogs when they're going out to uh, sign these pro contracts. That is the art of the deal. That man should... I mean, it's like Ocean's Eleven now here. He finessed the Mets so bad. Does that count against... They don't have cap space in baseball, so I guess not. That doesn't count against anything. They're just paying that money out of pocket for nothing. He doesn't play for anybody. He just... Chilling. He might go to a couple Mets games. I bet he's got season tickets, but my goodness. In any case, find that quite odd. But Kumar, the uh, whole situation is kind of weird. I, I I don't think the Mets should get a, a first-round pick for not signing one of the greatest players in college baseball. Uh, that's just a bit ridiculous. Now, if y'all excuse me for a second. Sorry about that. All right, something that, of course, we are the the absolute professionals at uh, recording a show the day before something big happens. You know, uh, we're we're great at that. Last week we recorded a day early, and then the very next day, of course, we find out about Chris Lamonis's contract extension. Uh, Chris Lamonis was extended for, and he will be paid a salary of one point two million dollars per year. Uh, how many? I gotta see how many years it is. I think it's only four, because yeah, it's only four. That's state. That's state law. Yeah, because of the state law. State law. This is one point 
two five million on the Clarion Ledger, but we don't trust that at all. I'm gonna say it's one point two million. The thing is, it's still like it's like third highest in the SEC behind Corbin, and now Vitello got like a one point seven million. Well, uh, Corbin. Corbin's salary is as a, at a private school is is non disclosed. We think it's more than that though, but uh, it's Tony Vitello is the highest paid coach in a, of a public school in baseball, and uh, at one point five million. And then right after him is Jay Johnson at LSU, who was just hired. I thought his was a little under Lamontis. As I know, uh, Dave Van Horn just got extended. I think he's about the same as Chris. Yeah, they're close. Let me look up Jay Johnson contract or salary. Here it is. Jay Johnson is one is one point five million. They offered wait they offered that. Hold on, let's see. Let's make it for sure. It's five years, six point five million. So then divide that by five. Alright, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, that's 1.3 per year. So just above uh, Chris Simonis. But anyway, we're going to quit doing math right here. We don't want to hurt, uh, sprain anything or throw anything out. Uh, I know that's going to hurt. That's probably really hurtful to both of our, our brain cells and our aura lack thereof, we should say. But yeah, Chris Simonis signs the extension. Not the highest paid coach of college baseball like many expected. I imagine he had something to do with that. I know he has other ways of making money that are as a private citizen. Uh that can lend to that. And also $1.2 million in Starkville is probably worth a lot more than $1.5 million in Knoxville or $1.3 million in Baton Rouge. Uh, those cities are a little bit bigger, although real estate can be expensive in Starkville these days. But he is but eligible also, for – say what? I was going to say, but also he made sure all his assistant coaches got a great bump and pay as well. That's so. what I think. He I think he lobbied for them and said, look, I – I'd like to pay my guys. I, I don't have to be the highest paid coach if, if I can if that doesn't mean my assistants aren't taken care of. So and again, just to add, he's eligible for a twenty five thousand dollar bonus every single year, uh, or an increase in salary every single year plus incentives. So you know if he makes the make wins SEC wins SEC tournament makes the regional makes a super regional makes Omaha wins the whole thing again, all of that you get more money. So he got paid a lot more this year, and his contract was actually more the last this year than it was in 2019. Uh, but anyway, the most exciting thing about all of that is that Jake Gotro and Scott Foxhall are the highest paid college baseball assistants in the entire sport. Uh, that's really, really exciting. And their salaries are not released. Uh, I'm sure with a Freedom of Information Act, you can uh, inquire as to uh, – into, into how much those those guys are paid. But I've been told that Jake Gotro is the highest paid assistant in college baseball. And he's in, in the top five, is, is uh, in the top ten, I should say, of Scott Foxhall. That's what I've been told. Jake Gotro has turned down head coaching jobs uh, for Mississippi State. He's turned down a, a, a lateral move. Jim Slosnagel really wanted him at Texas A&M this year. Jake Gotro wasn't having it. The way he's paid and the way he's set, he really could have left in, in any of the past three years he was a, a candidate for a position. He's not leaving until he gets a good head coaching job. I mean an SEC head coaching job, maybe one of the better Pac-12 or ACC or Big 12 coaching jobs. Yeah. 
He's he's going to kind of do what Kenny, Annie Canizero did. I'll be holding out for an SEC job, to be honest with you. But, yeah, no, you go you to Pac-12, you're not, you're not going to have the same support and financial backing out there. Not, oh, well, if you're an if one of the Arizona schools, other than that, yeah. Arizona State's kind of gone downhill. Arizona really, I mean, well, Arizona just, Arizona State just hired a head coach that tells me they're not really serious about baseball. But Arizona, they're still. I think they're still in the thick of it. He could end up at you know, trying to think of some coaches that can move on next year. I mean, not Ole Miss. I don't think he'd go to Ole Miss just because I think he wouldn't want to play, have that rivalry with his his old bosses and his old colleagues. I don't think he'd uh, go to Missouri or probably maybe not Kentucky. Say what? I'd say probably Kentucky and Nick Minjong. I I I could see Nick Minjong sadly getting replaced soon. But I don't know. I mean, what what do they have up here that we don't have down here? They're not going to pay him more. I don't know. Maybe at no. Auburn. Maybe. I don't think they're going to lose Bohannon at Alabama anytime soon. Well, they but, just they just extended Brad over in Tuscaloosa. Maybe South Carolina. I don't know how long Kingston lasts over there. I mean, they started the year off ranked, the- and they had a pretty disappointing season. I mean, I give them. I'd give Kingston two more years in Columbia. I'd give him one if they don't get a, make, a, make a Super Regional this year. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say they're a little, little more impatient over there with the baseball program than on this. For some reason, keep the same guy after 21 years. Every time. Yeah, and Scott Foxhall, he's a guy, you know little bit older he's in consideration for some head coaching jobs but he likes where he's at i think the only thing you have to worry about him is if a, a big job back home called you know if the citadel or uh nc state or any or any of those positions opened up he might go over there but again we have some of the best the commitment to college baseball the mississippi state has made is just phenomenal it's massive and phenomenal and we're going to be able you know with the texas oklahoma money with the national championship revenue we've gotten, we're going to be able to make an even bigger commitment to baseball in the future, and it's really, really exciting. Speaking of commitments, we got two for football this week. I'd like to uh, speak on those briefly. Uh, we do get to talk about recruiting on the show because Gavin doesn't work here anymore. So, sorry, Gavin. Uh, R.J. Moss out of Biloxi. He's a defensive end or a defensive lineman. Kind of that longer, quicker kind of defensive lineman like you like to see nowadays in the 3-3-5. He's not going to be your nose tackle. But uh, he's a three-star guy that committed, again, out of Biloxi, originally from Louisiana. It's a really big commitment. You really need some in-state guys and really need some defensive linemen this year, uh, here in the next few weeks, to get this kind of thing back rolling the way we wanted it to be, like it was in earlier in the summer. And then just yesterday, Javay Gilmore – Ty Wheat's cousin, for those of you who don't know, a Ty Wheat, one of the one of my favorite players in the Mississippi State team, the standout linebacker. Uh, his cousin Javay is also a linebacker, and he kind of trolled LSU with his commitment. He, I think he he's a little bit upset. LSU, I think, wants him to play offense, but he wants to play linebacker. He's uh, 
really, really talented guy, that long, lanky uh, guy that can play. You know, you wouldn't be surprised if he was your jumbo receiver or your or one of your bigger safeties, but he's a linebacker. Uh, very, very excited about him. Also another three-star guy. So you got those two commitments this week, and that kind of comes in the wake of your uh, football camp that occurred on Friday, which, you know, with the way that the dead period just got lifted and then it, uh, for the months of June and July and all the big fish got to have all their guys back on campus, you have to compete with that. And then the dead period was uh, brought back for the month of August. You know, you kind of weren't expecting July and August to be big months recruiting-wise, but you got those two commitments right there at the end of the month, and that really gets things going for the future. I think come September you can start to get a few more. All right, you ready for questions? Yeah, let's do it. It's question time. Question time. All right. Let's see. How long did we – we got to a good 20, 20, 28 minutes, 29 minutes before we had to uh, get to our questions. So we made a good effort out of that, I believe. We'll start with the original question post. We had to make a few question posts because it took y'all a little bit. Y'all finally got in on some questions here. It took y'all a little bit. My first question is from Samuel Taylor Rayburn and – my boy, I just said, call him ST. I'm about ST. I'm gonna have to block you from uh, not not on Twitter, but just from listening to the show. I don't think you're worthy. He asked, "Why is Raising Cane's the most overrated restaurant out there?" And added, "It's slightly more bougie than Zaxby's." Now, I have not had my chicken evangelism discussion with you yet. I don't know if you're in the darkness or in the light. But how do you feel about Samuel's comments? Listen. I'm a Popeye's man. Have you had the nuggets? I have not. They're good. They're very good. You got to get them with the black and ranch, but they're very good. The thing is, like, I'm a Chick-fil-A breakfast kind of guy. Their breakfast like, is also good. But I'm a spicy, I'm a spicy tenders. I like spicy tenders. Now, the chicken nuggets, you can't get spicy. I've already checked. Uh, but they're still really, really good. You should try them. There's a little bit little bit of a pizzazz to them. I wouldn't call it a kick, but a little bit of a flavor to them that is pretty good. But now, when it comes to Raisin Cane's, it's this just... This is going to be shocking me. Huh? I've never, had, I've never had Raisin Cane's. Well, listen. The very first game that you come to next year... We're going. We're driving to Meridian. That's where I drive. We go to Canes. You can have it on campus at Tuscaloosa if you fa- if you. How far are you from from the Gump capital of the world? Like, like, from my home place, like ten minutes. You should go. It's worth it. It'll change your life. Really will. Uh, there's a couple people that rebuked Samuel Taylor, including me. At least two other people had my back. One of my favorite guys, uh, Paul at Hale State Unis, he took sent me a screenshot. I'll have to do some descriptives, some descriptives here for you. He said he gets. He asked two questions. He said fairly often he gets uh, questions asking about a concept for the M over S logo for football. He's never done it because he thinks the M over S is special for baseball and should stay that way. What are y'all's Baseball. thoughts? That is a baseball well, logo. It is not. It's it's just. Oh, yeah. a, it's not special if it's not a baseball logo. 
I agree. Football football doesn't get to wear the M O R S. No, if we had if we had a football or basketball specific logo, <laughs> I wouldn't try to change them either. You know. Listen, they need the football team needs to go back to that block MSU. Oh, uh, the interlocking the early two thousands. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's the one Nike has that we can't use anymore. Well, we need to get that back somehow, somewhere. I don't hate that. I don't hate the. I like the current logo. I don't love it, but I it's it's perfectly adequate, and I think it captures our brand pretty well. You know exactly what who it is when you see it. The MSU, you know, that's kind of Missouri State kind of has the same interlocking thing for baseball. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, so that's why I kind of shy away from it but I do like it I like that one a lot the walking bully is good and I think we're allowed to use that I think they should they should bring back that on a throw that back on a throwback or something like that but it's yeah the MRS is baseball don't don't try to make it into other things I I had a couple people answer him and say hey we need to make that for everything like no no you don't trying to see there's only one that's a specific brand this dude has, the dude that commented, he commented, I'm not going to even say his name because he didn't ask a question. Marine Corps veteran, um, thank you for your service, Mr. Man, but uh, he has the M over, the M state, the M over S logo on a football helmet as his Twitter header. I'm not in that cult. I'm not in that cult of people that want the M over S logo for everything. No, 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 no. Uh, he had another question. He says, A few weeks ago, NC State revealed these new red helmets with the throwback Slobbering Wolf logo. Where would you rank them on a scale of 1 to 10, and what do you want to, and, and do you want to see them in Starkville on September 11th? So I need you to go back and look. Do you, do you oh, I, saw, I, saw, I have that image still in my head from looking at it earlier. I don't so like them. You've pulled a, I'm going to pull up a better picture because the screenshot he sent was de- decent. But I want to look at a better picture. Slobbering Wolf Helmet NC State. Let's see what I can get here. Some image Google Images is my friend. There's not too many pictures. I can see the logo though. I'm gonna tell you how I feel about the logo first, then the helmet. I love the logo. I don't know about you. Do you like the lo- the logo itself? Just the logo. I, I love the logo. I, I think the logo is fantastic. The helmet. I think the helmet is pretty good. However, you got this mark on there on the front of the wolf that I don't know what it is. I'm going to describe it to y'all in a little bit. And also, you got they made the, the rest of the entire background of the helmet. The entire helmet has a brick pattern on it. It's red bricks. Okay? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that not just remind you of the three little pigs? With the wolf slobbered in the bricks. I don't think that's what they were going for. But that's what I picture. This 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 guy's this this picture, it's a cartoon wolf. It's got the sailor hat on. And you can look it up. It's a very cool logo. It's very detailed. He's got the old sailor hat, which I found out, you know why college logos have sailor hats? It's because back then freshmen were supposed to wear sailor hats on campus if they didn't know so that way that uh, upperclassmen could help them if they looked like they were lost and everybody knew they were freshmen basically it was a, a big old blinking sign that said freshmen 
but it became a way to designate that I'm that I'm talking about college when I don't mean college. If you saw somebody in a sailor hat, that you can kind of lend them to lend yourself to believe that that has to do with the university uh, without outright saying it. So that's why mascots always wore those hats. But they've got the sailor hat with the the black and white wolf. He's looking upwards, like his meal is above him, like he's looking at a tree, and there's a, a like a turkey up there or something he wants to eat. And he's licking his lips, and there's slobber coming out of his mouth. It's like a cartoon picture. It's very cool. You should go look at it. But on the helmet, it's on this brick helmet, which I don't appreciate as much. I think if they just went with a solid red, it would look a lot better. And I'm not sure how I feel about the black face mask either. I don't know if you'd go with white there or, or what, but I'm going to give the helmet a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I was like, I'll give him an 8 out of 10, but... I wouldn't make it a regular thing. I like trying to work in like a more intense look. I do. Like a, I do hope they'll wear it to Starkville, though. I would like to see that. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. On September 11th, my friend JB asked, "How are you? How are you?" Well, I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing good too. All right. I'm busy, <laughs> but other than that, I'm good. Walking Bully asked, he asked a few questions. I'm going to save them for the end because his one of his is quite long, the answer will be. But we will circle back to that just to remind me. Speaking of old logos, by the way, Walking Bully. Let's see. Jacob Chancellor asked, could you guys please do an in-depth breakdown of the differences between the college baseball national championship and the women's golf national championship? I cannot decide which is a bigger deal. You can't decide which is which is the bigger deal. Well, well, Orange was on actual ESPN. True, true. Now I'll 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 break this down objectively. Both were NCAA sanctioned national championships. Unlike football, which is the bowl committee, that's a whole different thing. That the NCAA has very little to do with the college football playoff as far as awarding the trophy that's why you don't you get the playoff trophy you don't get like the same all the other national championship trophies look the same but football is different so it is an ncaa event one was a men's sport one was a women's sport we'll talk about that's a difference they both uh were won on the field these were not uh claimed titles in any sense of the word well, I, no, one was on a course and the other one was on a field that's true they're on they were on the field of play we'll say that a course and a field uh both were one i would say fair and square uh now let's talk about some objective differences as far as viewership goes i think the baseball championship might have been higher as far and here you go. And the in the winning in the winning school, and there was a difference. One, the uh, you know, hundred percent of the fan base knew it was actually going on, unlike the other. That is true. Perhaps, not going to name name anything or say anything specific, but perhaps in one sport uh, it was a. Uh, there's, it was no, a there's no perhaps. It was it's, a little bit clearer amongst the fan base as to what kind what was going on. Uh, I would say that the monetary impact for the baseball championship was perhaps greater than for the women's golf championship. 
I'm not going to belittle those ladies at all, though. I know that's what Jacob's kind of doing about Ole Miss. I, I will say, though, objectively, that I would be, I personally, personally, would rather have a college baseball national championship than a women's golf national championship. I don't speak for everybody, though. I don't. In fact, one of my best friends just got her uh, assistantship, her graduate assistantship coaching in Nevada that was on the women's golf team here. And I'm sure she would have loved to have a national championship. And they had their chance to play for one stripped from them by the NCAA due to a course that was playable but not up to the championship standard. So I guess they're, I guess their golf championships has an asterisk by it as well. Well, I wouldn't say the women's golf championship has an asterisk, but if 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 ours does, if the baseball championship does, the women's golf one has the exact same one because the same thing happened. Well, Except in this case, the players had no control over it whatsoever. In NC State's case, you know, at least they could have uh, stayed a little bit more away from the crowd and not gotten the virus. The thing was that the the women's golf took out more teams. They just took out one team. Exactly. They took out, I think they had 12 teams and only six got to move on or something like that. I don't know how the tournament works in golf, men's or women's. Ozzy Maverick, I think this is uh, one of your Arkansas friends, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Said, thoughts on State's long-term projection under Leach along with Arkansas and Ole Miss. I guess he's naming, you know, head coaches that were hired at the same time, something like that. Should Arkansas, Ole Miss, and State be in the same pod? That 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 I will say yes. I think Arkansas, obviously, State and Ole Miss have to be, but I think it should be Arkansas and LSU. That should be the pod. I think, uh, uh, I'd love it to be Vanderbilt and, and South Carolina, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think Arkansas is going to end up in a pod of Oklahoma, Texas, and AM. I think they want to keep the Arkansas and LSU thing. Because LSU is already going to lose Alabama and A and M, they that kind of gives it an old rivalry there. Because uh, LSU LSU doesn't have the natural rivalry except with Arkansas. That's the only natural A and M. That's a manufactured rivalry. The Alabama rivalry is is across multiple state lines. They're going to lose the Florida thing, which that is a good rivalry. I think if you, you keep LSU in Arkansas, you can kind of hype that up. You know, LSU is the team in that pod system that really kind of loses all their their old rivalries. Uh, Ole Miss fans would like to, to argue with that, but I don't think LSU considers Ole Miss a rival. They don't. They do not. Uh, those, people, those people are delusional. As far as his, his other question, thoughts on State's long-term projection – I'm, I'm just going to, he says under Leach, I'm just going to kind of talk about the coaches, I think. I think of those three, Mike Leach is a better X's and O's football coach. I think that's proven by the fact he's taken some of the worst talent in the Power Five and had playoff aspirations at Washington State, had Big 12 and National Championship aspirations at Texas Tech, uh, you know, top has had top five, top one teams. Um, has taken a system that many have tried to master and few have succeeded at and just completely mastered it, uh, you know, halfway invented it. Uh, uh, completely different playing style for as far as offense goes. I think the ceiling at Mississippi State is perhaps higher 
than at some of those other programs. I think Sam Pittman is a great motivator and a great good was did a really good job at getting those guys to play hard at Arkansas. I don't know how I know he has a recruiting pedigree at Georgia. Uh, I don't know if he's especially we're out having to recruit. He's going to have to recruit against Texas and Missouri and uh, Oklahoma and LSU. He's going to recruit against Texas Oklahoma more than we are. I don't know how that how much that's going to help him in the long term when those guys join the conference. Lane Kiffin's probably the best recruiter out of the bunch, and but I think if you look at his overall record in college football and as an NFL coach, he is the least winningest coach out of that group. And of course, Sam Pittman doesn't have the sample size, so I guess really between the two is what I should say. Uh, he's had the most stops that have been mildly or or or, or altogether unsuccessful. So I think that they have the, although the best run now, probably the lowest ceiling under Lane Kiffin. I think I don't think he's going to be able to take to take that make that next step. I think Mississippi State, you know, playing the funky offense and the funky defense, you might have a fluke. I wouldn't even call it a fluke, but just a crazy year uh, where they go and do something special. Whereas Ole Miss, you're going to have to find a defense in the in, coming up soon uh, to break that mold of you know. Eight not better than nine and three, or or five and seven, or worse. You know. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Because that was a bit of a long answer. I have to say, my goodness. Uh, I think Lane's kind of a flash. I don't think he's going to be Knoxville. So the thing to think about too, Lane. I I think Lane Kiffin's more likely to, out of those group to be hired away. Oh yeah, I mean. He's proven that he doesn't he doesn't care much to just go off and somewhere else when greener pastures come calling. Oh yeah, plus Ole Miss fans need to at some point realize what they really are. They're a mediocre football program. They ain't some dynasty that's just been light late in the weeds or something. They're but, not the uh, sleeping. They think they're a sleeping giant, and really they're a hobbit. Basically, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think I think Sam Pittman and Leach will, will hang around. I think you could already tell the difference Sam Pittman's made at Arkansas. Just in basically sheer competency on the field. And just, I mean, he just, fit, he just fit, feels like an Arkansas duck guy. And I think him and Leach will hang around a lot longer than Kiffin will. I agree. Moving on, uh, one of your another one of your Arkansas buddies was whining that I blocked him, and I told him I only I probably only blocked him because one time there was an argument in my comments that had nothing to do with me. It wasn't directed to me at all, but it was full of Arkansas and Texas fans arguing, and I had to block all of them so that they would shut up. I didn't know how else to do it. Well, Welcome to my world, buddy. Welcome to my world. MSU Football Natty. His at is MSU Owns Bama. He is, this is satire, I'm sure, all of that. But he joined Twitter a month ago. He asked, is Sawyer Robertson the future of our football program? I think the answer is yes. Hopefully, Sawyer Robertson can redshirt this year. Uh, Will Rogers can have a good couple of years, get drafted, and then Sawyer Robertson can play 
three more years as our, you know, as the future, maybe one or two years, depending on how it goes. In whichever case, I do think he is the future of the program. I'm more, if you're worried about keeping quarterbacks, I think Sawyer Robertson is more likely to stick than Will Rogers. I don't think Will Rogers, if if Will Rogers beats him in the upcoming years for the job, uh, I would be a little bit surprised after if Sawyer's had like a year under his belt. So I don't think Sawyer's quarterback this year. But next year, if Sawyer isn't the quarterback, I think Will Rogers is playing good enough that he could get drafted early. Okay? And then Sawyer would just be step in right then. If Will Rogers beats him out next year and then returns, then Sawyer Robertson might think, oh, well, what have I got to do? to to Should I transfer? I think the reverse is more likely to happen. I think if, if Will Rogers uh, doesn't play – I think Will Rogers has to play at an NFL caliber to where he'll get drafted early – and open the door for Sawyer versus if he gets beat out by Sawyer, he's going to have to transfer. Does that make sense? Long story short, I think Sawyer Robertson, even if Will Rogers is a really good quarterback, it's still the future. But I also think he's the less likely out of the two guys to transfer out. Yeah. That was, that was convoluted. I'm going to have to slow down on that one. I might need to drink less caffeine. I'm going to (laughs) say, You wanted a full-blown detail, but uh, no, I definitely agree. He's the future of the program. I mean, what hyped him up and all the hype from his high school days. I mean, looking at a highlight tape, you can tell he legit. Jimmy Lumpkin and, asked me, when was the last time I touched my toes? Or I guess both of us. When, when was the last time you touched your toes? Standing up, sitting down. Look. See, that's what I'm asking. If the if if the touching them at all, the answer is right now. I'm touching my toes right now. I got my foot kind of propped up on my knee. I'm grabbing my foot with my other hand. If the answer is when I stand up and touch my toes without bending my knees, the answer is never, ever, in my life. I can't do it. Oh, I've done it before. It's been a while. I might have done it before. I'm not about to do it anytime soon, though. I think we've got our last batch of questions here momentarily. My uh let's see, we got our Star Wars question. We got one of my favorite questions of the night. I'll go ahead and go with that one. Clack. Do you know this clack? Oh yeah, dude. He said well, why Alabama he did not phrase this as a question. He kind of phrased it as a statement. He says, why Alabama will win a CWS under Brad Bohannon within three years? And you responded, we need realistic questions. So I guess that is your answer. Basically, yeah. Guys, I'm going to tell you all something. Alabama and Auburn are in baseball. What Mississippi State and Ole Miss are in football. For the same reason that Alabama holds all of the other schools around it down in football. We hold Alabama down in baseball. The weird thing is, Alabama's got a series lead on us in baseball. That's the funny thing. That's absolutely incredulous, and I'm shocked. Quite shocked. The thing is, 
we hold a series of Lydia's LSU and LSU's dawn in this past two decades. True. In baseball. Baseball, we, guys, baseball's been being played in the SEC since the 1890s. There is every single team has been good at some point, uh, except Kentucky. Kentucky's never been to the CWS. He was an Alabama was good in baseball in the nineties. Right now, I just I just think, especially with this NIL stuff, uh, Mississippi State, you know LSU, Arkansas, and then right in Bama's backyard, you've got. Vanderbilt, you've got Florida, even to an extent Georgia has had some success in baseball. It's just going to be hard for them to compete. I don't think Alabama is a national championship team without making the commitment to baseball that Mississippi State has made, that LSU has made. Uh, Their commitment is to football, to gymnastics, to a lesser extent to softball. They've made quite the commitment to men's basketball too. And they're one of the richest athletic departments uh, in the conference and in the in the country, so they could make a commitment to baseball. But I think they'd spend those dollars elsewhere. Uh, it, it, it goes it goes straight to football, or it's starting to go to basketball around too. So baseball, gee, I mean, they did renovations on stadiums. It's a nice little ballpark, but hey, it's really the problem is just their attendance and atmosphere. Yeah, that's a part of it. That's a big selling point that they don't have right now. I mean, Jake, Auburn, go ahead. Don't even start Auburn. Oh, see now Auburn has had some recent success with their. Well, they've got a really good head coach over there uh, with Butch Thompson. But same kind of deal, you know. You got to compete with with not only are you competing with Alabama and Georgia, but you got Florida and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and LSU and. It's just hard. You know, we're getting – Mississippi State's getting the best baseball players in Alabama right now. Even the ones that signed uh, with major league teams uh, out of Alabama were Mississippi State commits. So, I mean, Roddy Jordan was literally from Auburn. Roddy Jordan was from Auburn. Tanner Allen's from the Mobile area. Trey Higgins, the male athlete of the year in the state of Alabama, is a baseball commit from Mississippi State. Pico Cones out of Alabama, uh, Maddox Bruns out of Alabama. Those are uh, one. Justin, Justin Foskey from the Huntsville area. Right. I mean, uh, it's, Jake, Jake Mangum was an Alabama baseball commit. Jake, I mean, we're stealing their commits. It's just t- tough. It's exactly what happens in football. It, it's almost a mirror image. I have no pity on them. None whatsoever. None. Not a, not a single ounce of care. Jacob Chancellor asked, uh, I would like for y'all to debate the age-old question, what is is? If you need help with context, it's a Bill Clinton thing. I said we weren't going to make rules about questions, but I am going to make a rule. If I have to Google it to answer it, I'm not going to answer it. I don't know if you are familiar with what is is. I don't recall that. Now, you were probably around back then, but that's before my time. I'll have to look it up because I don't remember that. Jesse Young asked whether or not we should have Tara Smith as a permanent co-host. Oh, Jesse, my good buddy. Hey, happy birthday yesterday, buddy. How about that? An on-air birthday. And he's going to have a baby boy. Congratulations. I think I saw that tweet, actually. I think I did. We're going to name him. Uh, Maybe I did. Uh, 
Tanner Rowdy Young is what he's saying. I love that. Um, Jesse, Tara is our permanent substitute co-host. If one of us cannot go, she will be the first person we call. So that's the best we can do. Three, as they say, three is a crowd. Uh, now she could probably do a better job than both of us, but we gotta have, we gotta leave her to write the articles. You know, she can't do it all. I mean, she. I don't know. If she. I don't know. If she got upset. I don't know if she's gonna get upset me for putting her tweet the other day. <laughs> Chris stars. He has emojis by his name. It's just Chris. I'm not going to pronounce the emo emojis. That's just kind of lame. So if Han was hanging in Jabba's palace for so long, how did he get promoted from captain to general? Listen, and he, he even well, added he passed major and colonel on the way to general. Well, if you look at the res my response to that. You're right. I think there's some nepotism going on there. I mean, that's a good question. I never thought, I never actually thought about that when I was watching the movies. That's like, uh, uh, you know, I think Leia was a little bit part. It was Leia that promoted him, right? I haven't she seen the movies in so long. I mean, I said, yeah, you have to read my response to him. <laughs> oh, I, we all, everybody listening knows what, what Han and Leia were doing. Okay, just, but do we, is that why he got promoted so quickly? Hey, slept his way to the top. I mean, you said it, I didn't. Uh, I think that might be what happened. Not that Han didn't make a great general. Uh, I think he could have done a better job raising his kids, because we know what happened to his son. But those of you that are fans of the new trilogy, which many of you aren't. Moving on, our last uh, couple of questions. Walking Bully, Due to time constraints and also just the fact that it's Robbie and Brian's thing, or Brian's thing, I should say, I'm not going to rank the confidence in each level, uh, the confidence level for each position group. That's not going to straight rip them off. And we'll answer your other questions. Probably some of the best questions we've had, though. You do have three. And I even sent you a thank you. What is one game you see as a turning point on the schedule? And I'll ask, I'll, I'll give you that one first. Let's see. Usually comes down. I'm old trying to. Usually, it usually comes down to the Auburn game. If it's, I'm trying to remember. I have to pull it up to remind myself where that Auburn game is on the schedule. Hold on one second. And even though I, I said I picked this losing, well, now the Auburn's in November is, you, you know what, that turn point is probably going to be the, it's going to be the A&M game. The A&M game. I could see that being the A&M game. I'm going to go a little bit earlier. He's calling it a turning point. I'm just going to say kind of a linchpin game. I think it's the NC State the NC State game. And I could either say that or the LSU game. 
You know, if you win the NC State game, you can feel a little bit more confident that you're going to win all your non-conference games. And then you've only got to beat, you know, bare minimum Kentucky and Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt and Arkansas or Kentucky or, you know, win only those two very winnable games to get to bowl eligibility. And some fans would see that as bonus. Uh, all Everything after that is bonus. You know, if you beat LSU, you beat Auburn, Ole Miss, you know, that's all A&M, that's all bonus. You know, you probably don't beat Alabama. I would say that if you can, if the non-conference is 4-0, you're going to be feeling good about the season because I think you're going to win at least three conference games this year. And 7-5 and isn't going to hurt many people's feelings. He says over 6.5 wins this year. I think we get 7 or 8. That's his next question. Uh, what well, do you I, think? I predicted us going 9-3. You did. You, and you can't take it back. I'm kidding. We can, we can, we'll have our official picks before each game each week. But uh, – <laughs> I guess we both think it's we're going to pick the over on six point five. Yes, I, I would have us at seven or eight. You know, it's going to depend. The thing I was telling somebody the other day, SEC is hard to pick this year. There's a lot of question marks. You know, in the whole conference, uh, what's Kentucky's going to have a new offense? What's the quarterback at Arkansas going to be like? You know, what's new head coach at, at Auburn? What are they going to do? What's life like after Kellen Mond? You know, at LSU, it's who was going to be the quarterback. And now that you've apparently had a, a horrible injury to Miles Brennan's left arm, it's going to be Max Johnson. And now it's, you know, can those new coordinators turn things around? At Ole Miss, it's can their defense get any better? You know, at, at Mississippi State, it's, you know, what is the offense going to look like in year two, I think? Uh, you got new head coaches at South Carolina. You got uh, a new quarterback at Florida. You know, there's a lot of questions. Um, so it's hard to pick the league this year. I, I could see a lot of teams being a lot better, a lot worse than I thought. But I think that seven and five or eight and four is a good mark for us. If you're counting the bowl game, you know I, I'd, I'd I'd heartily take over six wins because you know you, if you don't make a bowl game, you're five and seven. I think we'll definitely have six wins, and then you got an extra game to try to get that seventh win. So over six point five, I feel comfortable taking the over. Oh, yeah. I'll say. All right. That's all I've got for us now. Do you have anything else to add? Well, well just not, not, not really, but just if y'all about to say, yeah, just health tip. Y'all stay hydrated out there. It'll get hot again. It will. It will indeed. We will not have this, this cool weather we had today. will not last forever. All right, well, with that being said, as always, swing your sword and hail state.